0: we mm-hmm. Today is Tuesday. It's September 20th, 2022. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first call. Good morning to Brian and Gad and Frank and Stacy and Liz and all the rest of you, whether you're watching live later or listening. Thank you for coming by. What's going on? How was your Monday? How'd it go? Did you check out that episode of Martial Arts Radio with Wesley Chu? Did you see what I was talking about that it's... Kind of kind of some different stuff going on there. Martial arts became writing and just it was different. And I liked it. I like when it's different. I like to mix it up. Good morning, Dennis. And here we are. It's Tuesday. It's an interesting Tuesday in that I moved a number of appointments from yesterday to today. It's supposed to be not a recording day, but Andrew and I are recording, so it's it's all over the map. My, my day is full of meetings, but that's okay. It's all good stuff with good people. Uh, I, think, I don't think any of you, maybe some of you, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I'm still waking up. Good morning, Jenny. I had an interesting, I want to call it interesting, an interesting experience yesterday. Um, I had lunch with a client and her staff, and as we're Finishing lunch, this group always likes to get dessert. It's not something I generally do, having dessert out. But we were at an Italian place. I had some tiramisu. It was absolutely delicious. And then was headed out for dinner and drinks to celebrate a friend's new job. And I started getting sinus pressure. I'm like, what's going on here? This doesn't make sense. I don't think it's pollen. It's pouring rain. Kind of hard for the pollen to make it to my face. Well, it turned into a full blown migraine by the time I got home. It was brutal. And I think it was a combination of being dehydrated. And maybe the sugar of the tiramisu. In fact, somebody that we were having lunch with, she said she rarely has sugar anymore because it causes migraines. Is that something any of you experience? Does does sugar cause migraines for you? Because that would be a bummer. But I don't want to deal with what I dealt with last night. Oh, it was rough. Uh, good morning, Andy. Gad says yesterday's episode was a great interview. Curious about his novels now. And he was born in Taiwan with a a heart. Gad has quite the affinity for Taiwan and for Chinese culture overall. Yeah, I was also curious about his novels. Uh, I would love to say I'm going to dive in and read them all. I don't make time for reading. It's not something that's important to me. And it's something that I am more comfortable saying now. You know, I used to say, oh, I'm going to try or this. No, I know what I've got in my life. I know what matters to me. Reading books is not important to me. Audiobooks, because I can do those while I listen to other things. So if there's an audiobook version, I'll I'll read it, listen to it, whatever verb you want to describe. (laughs) Uh, So Frank's left the cat out of the bag, so I guess it's okay for me to do so. He says, I'm hoping Jeremy will read the bonus jokes I submitted for today's episode. You might even say I went scouting for some good jokes yesterday. Yes, we have not only stuff to talk about later, but we have some bonus jokes. Because, um, well, we talked yesterday about, you know, I was struggling a little little bit. And Frank, like so many of you, offers his support and reached out and said, hey, how about this? So... He gave me, gave me some bonus jokes to read. I didn't read them yet. I'm going to read them on the air, and I'm excited to do it. Oh, that's right. Um, this is public. Dennis, thank you for bringing this up. It says, Andy, congrats on your engagement. Yes, uh, Andy and Kelly, two frequent viewers of this show, are now engaged. I'm so pumped for both of you. You're awesome together. Jenny says, I don't get migraines, thank goodness, but sugar does mess with my stomach. I have a history of gastritis. I don't know what that is, but doesn't sound good. And, you know, Liz, this is the other thing I was wondering. She says, sugar doesn't cause migraines for me, but the pressure changes that occur during storms will cause them, especially thunderstorms. So I was wondering that too, like, could that be what was going on? Because that's never happened for me. Good morning mark and frank's calling it a first cup romance ha if only they'd met on first cup then it, then we could really claim claim that but they kind of knew they knew each other before darn it started. well regardless i feel fine now there's a little bit of pressure left in my head but i came home and i went to bed a little bit after eight and just zonked out and it was clear that i needed it because my body ba- i woke up this morning but it was like hey can i have some more Have some more sleep? Nope. Got to get up. We're doing a show. (laughs) Oh, Stacy gets that too. And Jenny says, the most basic definition of gastritis is inflammation of the stomach lining. From there, it gets complicated. You know, this all this stuff is just fascinating to me. It really is. We were talking yesterday at dinner. What were we talking about health-wise? There was something that popped up remember but one of the people in attendance is a doctor so um, I've actually I've, I've known her for shoot 20 years and I've learned a lot from her she's been someone I've, I've leaned on at times say hey what, do, what should I do here what do you think and she knows her stuff and that's helpful <laughs> oh and Kelly is here congratulations or if we want to be super official it's congrats to Andy and best wishes to Kelly. I don't know why it's different. Jenny says guess what is a primary factor of gastritis? Stress. Who knew? Oof. Well, I am I'm working on de-stressing. I will say yesterday went really well. I was a lot more honest with myself about what I needed to do, what was important. What my priorities were. And I didn't start work until 9. I relaxed out here i watched a little tv and i think that's something I'm, I'm not saying i'm going to do it every day but something i'm going to start doing is trying to treat my work separately from the rest of my life instead of allowing it to be so blurry it's something i i, I need to try and i got notifications that furniture is shipping and so this this whole room is going to be different and i'm kind of excited about Coffee is very good this morning. I'm out of cream. Got butter in the coffee this morning. It's still coming out real good. All right. Let's do the jokes. Let's see where those take us. Uh, Right there. That's where they're taking us to start. Bonus jokes. Be prepared is the scout motto. So here are some scouting jokes. My dad said he figured out why he couldn't stop eating Girl Scout cookies. Because, he's all, because he always wants, always wants Samoa. Do you know they changed the name of Samoas? They are now Caramel Delights. Who does a good turn daily and floats in water? A buoy scout. A guy stole $600 from Girl Scouts selling cookies outside of a grocery store. They now have to sell eight boxes to make up for the loss. I feel like I'm not awake. My apologies. Oh, okay. Because they're expensive. $600. They have to sell eight boxes. Got it. That one shouldn't have been hard to get. Um, did you guys see this was like the first or second year that I think was Colorado, maybe California, whoever legalized marijuana first. And there was a girl scout troop who set up outside of a dispensary. And they made some astronomical amount of money, like like thirty thousand dollars in a day. <laughs> How many scouts does it take to change a light bulb? One, but it takes a few days because they only give it a good turn daily. How are socks like scouts? They always come prepared. Why is it so easy for a scout to get married? because they know 50 ways to tie the knot. One of my boy scouts asked me, sir, is this snake poisonous? I said, no, that snake's not poisonous at all. So the boy picks up the snake, which bites him and the boy starts to spasm and foam at the mouth as other kids look on in horror. I continued, but that snake is venomous. Poison is ingested or absorbed while venom is injected. Let's get it right next time. <laughs> that is dark. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's funny. There's a meme I've seen kick around before. And if if you bite it and you die, it's poisonous. If it bites you and you die, it's venomous. I think that's funny. Jenny says, nah, there's still Samoas. I I wonder I wonder if the name change, you know, I pardon my ignorance, but is Samoa a Native American word? Is that why they did that? Uh Because they, ch- I was looking on my phone. What were the others that they changed? I checked this real quick before we we went live. um docidos are now peanut butter sandwiches. Tagalongs are peanut butter cookies and trefoils or shortbreads. Oh, why did they get renamed? Um. Um because there's two different commercial bakers and each one uses different names because of trademarks. Okay, I don't know why they couldn't license the trademark. It's it's really just changing the packaging, but what do I know? I don't know anything. Jenny says, love those Frank, thank you for the bonus jokes. Yeah, I I vaguely remember That at the time, it was to make sure that everybody had the same names for the cookies. I think Samoa is a good name for a cookie. Those are my favorite ones. My mother used to buy a box of Samoas and a box of Thin Mints. I think I still have a few boxes of cookies left. They are in the freezer, the chest freezer, because I don't see them. And Thin mints, frozen, way better than not frozen. Thin mints as a cookie I find to be a little underwhelming. You know, they're they're fine. But a frozen thin mint, yeah, that's a good cookie right there. Samoas are Stacy's favorite too. Well, yes, Samoa is a country in the Polynesian Islands. It's true. But is it? Right, because we don't... You know, we're trying to be culturally sensitive. And I, I just, I don't know. It felt like a Native American word. It felt like it could be that. But I'm assuming they're not named after an island. But what do I know? Mm. Jenny says, Samoas were awesome. I use the past tense because I haven't been able to eat them in years. And I'm going off of memory. <laughs> and Jenna says, trefoils are the shizzle. Uh, well, Jenny, don't forget there are plenty of websites out there that have recipes for making your own knockoff Girl Scout cookies, and I bet with your experience baking, you could come up with a way. I bet you could do it. Uh, coffee's really good this morning. Yeah. So what else? It's it's a lot of getting ready for free training day. That's really what I'm focused on is fo- is prepping free training day stuff. We are now just shy of three weeks from Atlanta, just shy of a month for Portland, and just shy of two months, we're at seven weeks for Northeast. It's a lot to do, but we're doing it. Oof, that just made me nervous. Like, it's all good. It's all good. Um. All right. So, I had a question for you guys before we we look at the stuff. Frank sent over Frank sent over some stuff about being prepared. So we're going to talk about that, but I I had a thought. And I don't know if this is a deeper thought that we'll need to unpack tomorrow, and I'm guessing so, but you know, how do we balance respecting the tradition of what we train with new information that might come from cross-training, or a better understanding of biomechanics, or just what works for you personally. How do we reconcile those two things? Now, I know there are some people who will never look for anything beyond what they were taught. For some people, tradition is all that matters. And then you've got people kind of on the other end and they say, you know, I I don't care what worked then or what works for you. I care only what works for me. And I think most of us are somewhere in the middle. And so that's been rolling around in my head for a little bit. I thought maybe I'd offer that up to all of you to see what thoughts you have. And if it starts to get deep, then, you know, we'll, we'll work on this tomorrow. But Yeah. Is that something you guys think about? I know a number of you are instructors and most of what you're teaching at the very least, if not all of it, comes from people that taught you. And most of you, if you're teaching, the majority of what you were teaching came from a single source. Maybe not a single person, but a single style, for example. So to pass that on in a, a codified way, you know, this is this style. It's interesting, right? And I think the the part that I find really interesting about it is that there are elements of anything that inevitably we don't understand initially. We think we understand it, and so we dismiss it, or, you know, this is better than that, But with a deeper understanding, there are certainly techniques that are more effective as you get to learn them better. So how do we balance all that? Hmm. I'll give you a couple minutes to see if anybody comes up with anything. What am I doing later? Oh, we have a, we have a, uh, there's a meeting this evening, right? Don't we have a meeting, Stacy? Yep. We have an awards meeting. Look at that. One, two guest recordings. Recording with Andrew. Meeting with Justin. Call with Craig. So much stuff. Pretty much going to be sitting in a chair all night. That's not exciting. I'll have to do some jumper jacks in between. Move around. Danny says, I think it helps to understand why something is taught and why it is taught a certain way. If something comes along that better fits that, why it makes sense to adapt. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, I'm gonna flip over for Frank. Let's do this. If anybody f- has anything more on this, let's talk about it tomorrow. Somebody's probably gonna to have to remind me, but I'd like to give you guys some time to think about it. Cause I honestly, this could be a whole episode of martial arts radio, but I wanted to see what we would come up with together. Here, I'll read Dennis's and then we'll, we'll keep moving. I teach a very modern style of martial arts based largely in sparring fighting, no traditional katas or stances. But all of it is rooted in the traditional martial arts, in evolution, if you will. Well, and I think that that appeals to some people, right? Like personal difference, excuse me, personal goals, etc., are relevant in this context, and it's something we need to remember that it is there's a personal element here. All right, I gotta share this one. So September is National Preparedness Month, and you know I, like many martial artists, see preparedness as synergistic with our training, because really, what are we training for? We're training, at least in part, to be prepared to protect ourselves. In terms of self-defense preparedness, how would you prioritize the following? Having the right tools, having a fighting spirit, having the right skills. Spirit skills tools. Here's something I've been thinking about that I think will explain why spirit comes first. How many of you want to fight a cat? Or a raccoon? Or three or four angry squirrels? What is it about animals that are different in a fight? They're all in. They commit they will lunge at you with everything they have. It's terrifying. If somebody runs at you screaming and flailing their arms, I don't care how much martial arts training you have, that's going to concern you. That energy is, is something that we are primarily conditioned to shy away from. So that's number one. Skills are number two because you can't lose them, forget them. Well, I mean, you can forget them. They can deteriorate, but you can't be without them. If all of my training, if we say tools, my tools are a knife or a gun or a cane or whatever, I cannot have that. Someone can take it away. I can lose it. It can break. I can run out of ammunition. The blade can snap, whatever. but I'll always have my hands or my feet or whatever else I may want or need. Mm. Gad bringing something in from yesterday's episode. It's what Mr. Chu's Tai Chi teacher said, the most aggressive fighter usually wins. It is absolutely true. I'm curious if anybody sees it differently. If you do, drop it in the chat. Number two, from a global perspective, it's easy to get caught up in the material aspect of life in a wealthy country like ours. Do you think there is such a thing as having too many self-defense tools? Uh, only so far as it dilutes your effective knowledge of usage. Right, this is the argument against cross-training too early, is that it makes it harder to learn things if I want to learn, I don't know, how to defend myself with a gun and a knife and my belt and a cane and all these things, I should probably put some time into one of them and develop some reasonable level of competency before I move on to the next one. And ideally, I still revisit the first one periodically to maintain that skill. Like anything, there's an appropriate dose, right? I can take a tiny sliver of an aspirin and it does nothing. I can take a whole bottle of aspirin and it does something I don't want it to do. But if I take, you know, one or two or maybe four, depending on the dosage, it provides an effect. You could say the same thing about training anything. I have a desired goal to be a certain competency level with a certain tool or form or whatever, I have to train the right amount to get there. I can train a little bit, and maybe I'll get there eventually. But I could also train so infrequently, so little, that my skills deteriorate. I, maybe I don't move backwards as not as quickly as not doing something, but I'm still going to backslide. But by the same token, I'm not going to learn how to do any of these things in you know, a single 24-hour span. Your brain can only learn so much at once. Kelly agrees. Spirit absolutely first. Someone can have all the skills and tools, but don't feel like they are worth defending themselves. They won't. It's important to remember you are worth fighting for. gad has a counter which i agree with aggressiveness spirit is important but if it gets out of control then it does more harm than good it depends on the situation but yes yeah i think we've all seen the overly enthusiastic person in competition who is taken apart by someone who is a little more Reserved, calm. But again, statistically, based on my observations, the more aggressive person wins. Not blindly aggressive, not running with your arms up, but the person who's willing to pressure the attack. And number three, let's talk about what Jeremy uses for everyday carry, and let's open it up to the chat about what you all use for everyday carry. My, what I carry is simple. It remains simple. It's a flashlight, which I have over the last couple of years decided is the most important thing for me to carry beyond you know, my license, my wallet, and a pocket knife. I almost always wear a belt because it is the most effective weapon I can carry on me everywhere. And I usually have uh, my earbuds in my pocket because sometimes I get bored places and I can listen to music or a podcast or an audiobook or whatever. The knife is usually for opening boxes. Nine, nine times out of 10, 19 times out of 20, I'm opening a box with it, probably more. Sometimes you got to open a box. But I do have it for other things in case. Is it a knife that I really want to get into a fight with? No, it's quite small. That's why I have belt, Because no one wants to get smacked in the face with a belt buckle. Gad says pocket knife and mobile phone. Yes, I, I generally have my phone on. Mark says karambit. Most of you know what kind of a knife that is. I still say preparedness comes down to 90, what, 5, 9% non physical. Where am I going? How do I get there? Who's going to be there? Is it a place I should go? What time should I get there? What time should I be leaving? Are there things that should be in my car or in a backpack? Is it worth going are there people who are going to be there that I don't want to be around said overly simplistically don't go to stupid places with stupid people and do stupid things not my phrase but I agree with it I think it's really effective at conveying what is important there are plenty of times that I don't go places I'm like you know so-and-so is gonna be there and they Often just bring up bad energy and and problems seem to follow them. I don't want to be around that. If I don't have to. I don't. I'm also the person who generally has anything I could need in my car when I travel. People look at me. You brought all this? Yeah. Because I have the space. I have the things. Why would I not? Why not be completely prepared? The weather could change. Somebody else might not be prepared. My car could break down. Crazier things have happened. And I think that this is an attitude that martial artists tend to be a little more receptive to than non martial artists because we are given skills to protect ourselves, the recognition that I am far more effective at protecting myself than offloading that responsibility to someone else is a powerful realization. And it doesn't just occur with physical safety, it occurs all over the place. Doesn't mean you have to do everything for yourself, but the ability to do things for yourself is valuable and worth pursuing and maintaining. Jenny says, I usually have my keys, my phone and my hand sanitizer. Stacy's making a reference to an upcoming book release, soon, a soon book release. It'll be there soon. They're shipping any day now, from what I've heard. So there we go. we will talk more about tradition versus new information tomorrow when we meet. a.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Thank you to everyone who's been joining on Twitch. I've seen a few more come on and and start following us, so thank you. Yay. And if you want to support the show and all the things that we do at Whistlekick, uh, the first thing is make sure you get to a free training day, because I would love to see you, because everything that we do seems to launch from those. Not everything, but a lot of the things that we do. It's great. Uh, you can find a page at whistlekick.com talking about free training day under the individual section. And it's all the information you need, links to the individual events, etc. But you've also got the code firstcup15 to buy something like a shirt for free training day or sparring gear, which we still have quite a bit of, or I don't know, whatever else. There's a ton of stuff over there, mugs. You can also join the Patreon, patreon.com slash whistlekick. Uh, we've got a new another Patreon hangout coming October sixth, and don't forget there's a ton of great stuff that you get as a Patreon contributor. Starts at two dollars a month, but if you want the whole list, it's the family page, and I updated the family page of something kind of fun yesterday. Whistlekick.com/slash/family. You got to type it in. Take care, Lou. Ah. So, Jenny, I think we should talk about this at some point. She says, I've never made a habit of carrying anything because I was taught at a young age that anything I could use as a weapon, my opponent could easily take from me and use against me. I now focus on trying to find ways to use ordinary objects for defense instead of obvious things like pocket knives. And here's my counter to that. If that was true, Would you want your opponent to have a pocket knife? Because you could easily take it from them. That's my thought. But there's a lot more to unpack there. I'm going to go. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate you coming by. And I hope to see you more. Peace.